I'm Brian Foster, and this is the Grindhouse Institute. On each episode of this podcast, Jeremy Floyd and I program a triple feature movie night. Each of the movies share common themes, and we discuss them here. We're happy you could join us for today's block we call I Love Lucy Noir. Before she was wrestling with candy factory conveyor belts and hawking Vitamita Vegemin, <laughs> Lucille Ball was a studio player with over 60 on-screen credits. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at three of her early works, each falling within the realm of the film noir genre. Left with no money after being disabled by her mob boss boyfriend and forced to give up her act, a cold-hearted lounge singer must learn to live without her former splendors. Will she continue her pursuit of a sugar daddy, or learn to enjoy the kindness and friendship offered to her by a lowly busboy? Henry Fonda and Lucille Ball star in Damon Runyon's The Big Street from 1942. A private investigator is the center of a web of deceit when he uncovers a nefarious plot involving a shifty goon and a high-end art collector. Will he be able to solve the mystery and clear his name? Not without the help of his beautiful and cunning secretary, he won't. Mark Stevens, William Bendix, and Lucille Ball star in Henry Hathaway's The Dark Corner from 1946. When her friend disappears and is thought to be another victim of a serial killer, a dancer is enlisted by London's Scotland Yard to be used as bait for the killer. Along the way, she catches several red herrings, including a sex-trafficking South American and a creepy rich dandy who not only looks like Frankenstein's monster, but also sounds like the Grinch. Lucille Ball, George Sanders, and Boris Karloff star in Douglas Sirk's Lured from 1947. Thank you for listening to the Grindhouse Institute. Please enjoy. John who? Where's he from? Here. Who's paying for this dance? I'd like to know, me or your lady friend. Yeah, shut up. Can you cook? Mm, kinda. No shorthand, typewriting? Enough to make me realize I better stick to show business. Why? No great matter. Can you do housework? Not if I can help it. Describe me, frankly, if you please. Well, you're kind of grayish, heavy set, six feet tall, and you try to be hard-boiled, but you're really a softy. Do I get the job? So you know what I've been aiming at. Female detective, isn't that what you've been testing me for? Exactly. You should have William Powell for a secretary. William Powell? Who's he? Don't you ever go to the movies? He's a detective and a thin man. On the last episode, I learned that you're interested in spirits and liquors mentioned in films. So when he sent a 37 Chablis, I clocked that. Uh, <laughs> at the end of Lurd, I was like, Lord, oh, that's yeah. so, that's very George Saunders to like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking of that, like the, there was a, a part that was like really cracking me up. Like in in uh, the dark corner, there was like a low point where the, the sort of main detective was sitting there, like uh, you know, trying to drink himself to sleep or whatever. And he <laughs> double fisted two bottlenecks and just like you know poured them into a paper cup. <laughs> like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like mixing whatever he had in front of him. <laughs> That's pretty hot ginger ale you're mixing up. Thanks, Miss Lyons. I've always wanted to work in a classy Don't place. knock yourself out, or I may change my mind. Go see the head waiter. I got it all fixed. Your Highness. What was that crack? Your Highness, uh, I was just thinking it does sort of fit you. Are you kidding? Go away. I can't stand anymore. Thanks. Thanks very much, Your Highness. Welcome back to the Grindhouse Institute. I'm Brian Foster, and with me as always is Jeremy Floyd. Hello, and how are you? Just because I got you a job doesn't mean you can talk my head off. <laughs> Seeing you here, Jeremy, has revised my opinion of you. It's gone up. <laughs> Excellent. So many good lines in, in all three of these movies today. Definitely. Yeah. If anything, there's like a great way to pull some some clips for this show. Yeah. Um, well, it was you put out a newspaper ad and Jeremy responded and the ad said, are you young, chic, shapely, and no crude, right? Is that, that was the call? The it was exa- that's me. Yeah. <laughs> check, check, Nailed check, it. check, and check. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Today's show is called I Love Lucy Noir, uh, because before she was the Lucy that I guess I, as well as everyone, loved, she was <laughs> Lucille Ball, the studio player, uh, who was yeah. acting in several film noirs. Uh, today's films, The Big Street, 1942, The Dark Corner, 1946, and Lured from 1947, and to discuss these delightful films, we have a special returning guest. Jeremy, if you could do the intro, please. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's film noir, so drum roll, please. <laughs> Who are we bringing back? It's Alex Vlahov 
from yeah. uh, OnlyFone Noir. Hello. Welcome, buddy. Hello. Very happy to be back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's 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 no longer a mystery that you're going to be on a noir yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> you chose some great ones here, though. I had never seen any of these before. Oh, nice. And I, oh. I was so uh, happy to not only be asked to do this episode, but to dive into some uh, brand new territory. Also, territory that feels like familiar. Like I'm sure we'll get into it in each of the films, but mm-hmm. there's like parallels to other films and things that exist films that maybe became more popular. I, yeah. I loved this uh, this triple uh, feature. Really, really good selection here. I mean, Lucille Ball, it's, it's uh, I didn't, with Lurd, that was her 72nd film, which I did wow. not. <laughs> Jesus. So, and nobody, the people don't really talk about her film career. So I'm honored to be asked no. back and to talk about this, you know, rare topic. Yeah. I agree. I think this was a, a great block that Jeremy put together because of that, because I had no idea she was an actress in these kinds of films before she was such a giggly, bubbly uh, character on screen, on TV, I should say. Yeah. Um, and this is really showing that the range of an of an actor that she really was, and she is so brilliant in all of these films. Yeah, and I, I got kind of turned on to some of these um, with, like, so... My wife, Alyssa, she's a huge, huge uh, Lucy fan, and uh, she was watching some some documentary a couple of years ago about the the sort of career of Lucille Ball, and and one of them kind of talked about how the studio was just trying to like find a place for her. like they, they didn't know what she was good at, and like um, a couple of things they were trying was th- this type of thing where it's like you know having her be the uh, Sometimes the femme fatale in, in some of these uh, sort of uh, film noirs, but I, you know, overall, just sort of in the '40s, she got a reputation as being the queen of the bees and the bee pictures. That is, mm. and I think with where we kind of start off, like, like some of these, I, I'm I'm gonna say are kind of stretches for you know, at least my uh, personal definition of film noir, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they all kind of fit within. The, at least the the broad framework of a film noir, and especially with the way that some of the the characters are portrayed and everything, it feels like noir. I what I'm talking about mostly, I think, is the big street, and that yeah, one, right. because it's so comic, it it, it kind of has this like difficult tone to sort of weave through. Hey, what film noir doesn't have someone pushing another in a wheelchair from Manhattan to Miami? Yes. Seems like a long trip, right? By by wheelchair? Yeah. 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 And they didn't even seem that tired. There's like also a weird midnight cowboy echo there where like yeah, they end right. up in Florida and it's just like this odd, <laughs> odd pair. Uh, I know what you mean though. I mean, Dark Corner is like the most like dyed in the wool classic. That is a noir. Yeah. Lurge yeah. sort of dances. It's also doing its own thing with Douglas Sirk and Aris, like a very graceful, elegant touch. And then, yeah, you're right. Big Street is just, I mean, uh, it's very funny and odd. It's also, yeah. uh, I mean, if you want to jump into Big Street, do you guys know who Damon Runyon is or what Runyon-esque means? Well, so I part of the thing I was excited about with, with this movie in particular was that like yeah Damon Runyon did it and yeah from on a previous show you were you talked about how much you liked his work so I was like I was excited to uh to have have you on for for at least for that part as well I did not know he had any Hollywood career when I saw it Mm. I almost did a spit take when his name came up I was also thought he must have been so old by this point because I do not associate him with like 40s Hollywood but he he, he died a few years after this Mm. um it was very brief I think it was only five months he had a studio contract uh, yeah, and this weirdly big street shares a universe with guys and dolls because nicely, nicely is a yeah. character <laughs> in both. Oh, so, really? Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, very weird. Um, yeah, just like that, like classic style of like what people think of of like lively gangsters and gamblers during the prohibition, but yeah. very broad nicknames and like yeah. <laughs> almost colorful suits and a lot of slang. That's him uh-huh. and all his short stories. <laughs> really populate in an almost cartoonish way how we think about early 20th century New York, just as like a general <laughs> schmear. Do you know what I mean? So uh, to see... The shared him, Runyon-verse? Exactly, exactly. The multiverse <laughs> yeah. of the Damon Runyon. So to see him in the credits and have such like a personal hand on this film is uh, bizarre, but it definitely reflects and tracks. Yeah, well, and, and a lot of that, that funny dialogue and, you know... Uh, Oh God! What, what's his name? The the uh, Henry Fonda character's name's Pinks. 
pinks, uh, little or, pinks, or little pinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of really like funny, uh, funky names and like you know there are lines like, uh, "Of course I'll be nice to her." What do you think? I'm a goon. <laughs> I mean, I almost think that Fonda, though, occasionally plays it so seriously that the character seems like, no offense, like touched, like uh-huh. not all there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, when he's, he's like, uh, he's that much in love. Well, but right, he's like, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the best bus boy. He's like, I'm the best bus boy. <laughs> well, actually, he's not. He has two left feet, according to the uh, his boss. So right. I don't That's think he is the best. <laughs> really good point. Or at the yeah. end when he's like, you, he's like. Someone that's paralyzed cannot walk. And he's like, I know you can do it. Like, that is like what a child would say. I don't think he's like playing with a full deck and through the movie. Just going right. to put it out there. Yeah. So you guys were mentioning some of the names, um, the colorful names, like Little Pinks was one of them. But um, yeah. the nightclub owner, the gangster, was Case Abel's. And I was wondering, <laughs> be- because he threw, he throws Lucy down down the stairs and he disables her. I was wondering if there was something, you know what I mean? Like they kind of just right. hit it on the head with their name, you know? Like, yeah. It has to be. Right. It's like a very lazy portmanteau of disabled on a staircase. Right. Like, it's, so, it's really dark when you look at it that way. Well, very. And, and and it's very weird because like uh, that scene in particular, so I that happens uh, obviously near, near the beginning of the picture, uh, this uh, club owner or, or kind of a gangster gets uh, slighted by uh, Lucille Ball and uh, he takes it out on her by you know slapping her down the stairs which you know in that scene it's kind of played as if like oh geez what an asshole and the, the whole movie will be about this guy's comeuppance or whatever but it's like no 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 what happens is she gets paralyzed and the whole movie's about her and and that uh, that journey she goes through uh, when after she's she's been paralyzed and it it was like whoa because everything up to that and everything sort of after that is this really uh, sort of comic and you know funny and um, uh, uh, sort of light fair a lot of times like, you know there's that this whole underground the na- of, yeah uh, like like gamblers and and the like, ne'er do wells yeah. Wall Street or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, you the, call the, it. the sort of low level uh, <laughs> you know like cheats and uh, you know like yeah exactly con men or whatever and and they're always trying to like you know pass the hat for her and you know and help out or whatever um but just the way that they operate you know feels like it it operates on you know sort of uh you know uh, some like it hot type of comedic logic mm-hmm. uh and tone wise that that's what the movie um leaves you with as an impression but like if the tone and, and some of the specific dialogue and stuff like that was was played a little differently you could see this being as more of a film noir just in terms of its content like if you were to like outline some of the stuff that happens in it i mean uh, that ending that ending <laughs> i mean to me it, it it edges under the claire like the classification of film noir because mm-hmm. like why end like that? That is such yeah. a downbeat well, ending. Didn't didn't we uh, establish on previous shows that RKO films had a strict cutoff of time? And I was wondering if they just cut that off for time. They're just like, all right, dance with her, and then she dies. And it was like end of yeah. sh- end of show. You know, right. it did seem very out of nowhere. We're running out of reels here. We gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta wrap this one up. Because it did kind of end. I, my mom was out here and she got to watch a couple of these with me and when it ended she looked at me she goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> there, I mean, it, there is something like tragic about the, she like tears up because she says she's never gonna, she wishes she could dance mm-hmm. and then he picks her up and he's dancing with her and it's both like funny in a wrong way that he's like mm-hmm. kind of sweeping this woman across the the the, the yeah the weekend at bernie's, weekend at bernie's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes exactly exactly but it's yeah. also very touching and yeah. then she dies so like any like yeah credibility, like, wait, 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 what <laughs> yeah the, the credibility of like her crying saying she wishes she could dance i was like okay this is actually a very good i think this is a mm-hmm. great performance from leo mm-hmm. ball uh she is so over the top lucio ball she's uh, I don't know why the name came out odd there, but she's so committed to like being like ruthlessly ambitious and like always yeah. striving for more, always rejecting kindness. <laughs> it's relentless. I think she's really good in it. Um, Fonda too, even as obsequious as he is. I just want to say, I like Henry Fonda's voice. I always yeah. thought he had a really reedy, yeah. mm-hmm. no one sounds like him. I always like, I'm apparently a horrible father, not a great human, but I, I love him in <laughs> movies and I've always loved his voice. He, uh, even in the Sergio Leone film, you know. Uh, oh, fan. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and his role here 
reminds me a little of uh, Lady Eve in, in a sense. Like, yes, because he's just um, he's kind of so uh, naive and you know uh, so hopelessly in love with her. Well, they even share an actor. There's a guy that's in Lady Eve. I think that her dad. Oh yeah. Um, He's in Lady Eve, and he pops up in a lot of uh, of those films. Eugene Pallet, yeah, uh, the big Th- that's guy. That's nice and nicely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He's the you tub of lard, like they, they <laughs> yell at him. Like, like that. He's great. He pops up and stuff. Uh, he he was also the the sort of uh, the patriarchal figure in um, My Man Godfrey. Yes, if you've seen that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely and, and he's, right. And he's hilarious in that. He's so good. Uh, side, I just there's a line in this film. How's your how's your tapeworm, sister? I mean, that's <laughs> such a funny line, like just casually. Yeah, the, oh. there's so many good ones in here, and and um, and then and then I and then yes, the the cast. Um, just to you know, stop on that for one second, like the you know Agnes Moorhead's in it, and yeah. um, the guy who plays the professor, Ray Collins. Um, you know, both of those are Citizen Kane alums. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Agnes Moorhead was Citizen Kane's mom, and then the professor, uh, Roy Collins, or Ray Collins, excuse me, was uh, the sort of rival politician, Gettys. I did not realize yeah. that Agnes Moorhead played his mom. I yeah. love her. I know her from, like, Dark Passage and obviously TV, mm-hmm. but, like, wow. I Thank you so much. I just put that together. I did not. That's, like, my new favorite piece of trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <There you> awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, and and I I think in this, um, like we kind of touched on earlier, it's like it, it's a little uh, more of a stretch in terms of like the way that we see or, or we think of film noirs with this one, um, but I, I think it's an interesting inclusion in, in this block in particular because this uh, role for Lucille Ball kind of got her a lot of notoriety. Now the, the movie I don't think did well. Um, sort of at the box office, but everyone, you know, still, like, you know, commented and and, lo- and loved her performance. So much so that I think it got her to the next studio contract. I, she was at what, RKO here, and then maybe goes to MGM or some, somebody later. And off of that, in the very next role she was in, it was a Technicolor thing, and they that's where they dyed her hair red and mm. gave her that signature look. So it was, like, sort of based off of this performance. So she didn't, wasn't a natural redhead? Was not, yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, wow. I think, what podcast? I think it's You Must Remember This that died. No, it was the TCM, uh, uh-huh. the, Turner, the Turner Classic Movies podcast. Yeah, yeah, Thickens. yeah. They covered, yes, I learned that on that, that it's famously died. Yeah. But she stuck with that. That was her, then her kind of a signature, huh? Right, exactly. Interesting. The way it was characterized, as far as I know, and I, I'm not some sort of Lucy expert, but the the way it was sort of characterized, to, to, uh, to my knowledge, is that it became sort of like a good good luck charm. It was a, it was a good talisman uh, to have uh. it died that way. And, and she's like, well, let's just keep it, you know. <laughs> Apparently, there's a very good documentary on Amazon right now called Lucy and Desi. I'm sure mm-hmm. released to coincide with being the Ricardos. But uh, yeah, I think Amy Poehler is behind it. Um, yeah. I wanted to watch that before this uh, episode. Unfortunately, I did not. But um, I have heard, by all accounts, it's supposed to be very good if anyone is like looking for a documentary about them. And they were together already. I, I didn't realize that they... Uh, 1940 is when they uh, started seeing each other. So, uh, yeah, they were. Lucy and then Desi. he was... Yeah. he Desi Arnaz was on set a lot. Uh, you might have found this in the research, but uh, he thought that Henry Fonda and Lucille Ball were sleeping together, which they weren't. <laughs> but he was apparently like skulking around set um, and you mentioned yeah. the film not doing well. Um, there's a couple other reasons. You might This might be of particular interest uh, to this uh, uh, party. Uh, the editor died during the production. Oh, oh shit. Pretty young, too. William Hamilton, uh, like 49 years old. Uh, that kind of hurt the production. Um, uh, oh, Henry Fonda was on loan from 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. And he had already gone back to his home studio. And uh, Damon Runyon, his uh, couple months were already up. So a lot of the people involved <laughs> in the project... We're either no longer alive or no longer at the studio, so it didn't right. get this big marketing push. They could really didn't they didn't really have people to do publicity for it. I mean, Fonda wasn't going to, so yeah, that, I think that's why it died on the vine too. Well, and then I think it's also just I mean, from an audience perspective, like it's kind of that that tone thing. It's like you know, oh, is it a is it a sort of you know gangsters and film noir, or is it a comedy, or is it at the very end of this like you know 
uh, sort of um, operatic tragedy where she like does right. one dance, takes one step on her own, and dies immediately. Like whoa! It felt like an opera at the end. I yeah. thought that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah, intended to be. I, I mean, like, tone wise, it, it also kind of reminded of me of um, of like arsenic and old lace, oh, which is you know sort of marketed as like kind of a screwball comedy. Comedy, yeah, but. It has this really, really dark tone. So, so it, it's sort of just, just the opposite. You know, it's like this one uh, like Harold and has Mott. a lot of dark undertones, but is played as a comedy. And Arsenic Old Lace is billed as a comedy, but has, you know, it, it's, it's pretty dark when you watch it. This felt, I don't know why this felt to me. Um, what, there is a, who is that? Samuel Fuller did a movie about early newspapers. And that's like more 19th century New York, but this had the same sort of energy and patter um, of his uh, newspaper movie, which was like an independent noir that he made, Park Row. Different time era. Oh, yes, right. Good good movie, but similar type thing. I've had that on a a list to watch uh, for a while now, but uh, yeah. It's good, but it's the same thing of like very broad characters, very broad New York characters with like snappy patter and like almost comedic side characters and then like tragedy. It's a very odd fusion. Um, (laughs) So if you like this, you might like that. Um, also, the eating competition. Like, not no, what noir has an eating competition? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then and they called him Lardass. Uh, and so it's Straight like... Straight out of a Stand By Me? Yeah, right. So Stand By Me, Lardass Hogan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wide load. Hey, Lardass! Chow down, wide load! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. If only it became a puking competition. But yeah, how funny I was, was uh, for that? Yeah. Where's the castor was, oil and all that? Yeah. Was Agnes Moorhead with her like really slow, dainty eating or whatever, and she was supposed to be the, supposed to be able to pack it in. I I also like to point out that my phone autocorrects Agnes Moorhead to Agnes Motorhead, so all of my notes are about Agnes Motorhead with like you know like Lem, Lemmy Spam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ace of spades. You know I'm going to lose. Any Lemmy, any Lemmy reference on this is good for me. Uh, uh, hey, glad we could, glad we could have a connection to Lemmy. Uh, absolutely. Word, there's a licorice pizza connection to this movie because okay. <laughs> Henry Fonda and Lucille Ball reteamed for a movie, I think in the '60s, uh, called Yours, Mine, and Ours. And that's oh. the movie in Licorice Pizza that they're doing the anniversary live show of. You know, like oh, with the wow. kids. Dude. <laughs> that's a real movie. It has, it has a different title in Licorice Pizza. I think it's called like One Too Many or something. But it's basically referencing the Lucille Ball right. movie with all oh, the right. kids. Yeah, because there, there was like a fake Lucy. I forgot about that. Right, right. In, yes, in Christine yeah, Ebersole, yeah. I believe, played her. It's like a Lucy. Her name's Lucy, and it's like a red-haired ex-TV actress yes. who's like smoking and <laughs> mad at the kids backstage. That was not a movie. Lucille Ball, okay? We're yeah, not no, getting no, sued different here. Lucy. Yeah. Different. <laughs> exactly. We hate Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Lucy with an I, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But L-U-C-I. that was a movie. That was her like reteaming with Henry Fonda. And I think they even did one before this. But yeah, they did a couple together. So I just found that kind of interesting. Very interesting. All right, get out of here, Pinks. Are you comfortable? Great, now evaporate. Well, should we move on to uh, the much more hard-boiled slick talk and no smiles of the Dark Corner? Dark Corner, this was straight up noir, right? Like, like we're talking about noir to the fullest here on every level. Yeah, Yeah, this was excellent. I I love this film. (laughs) A a lot of the, the sort of lighting and, like, the, you know, you could feel how things are a little, uh, less polished or you know lower budget you know it's 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 definitely a b picture uh this one but for being a b picture there were some like you said lighting first of all um when we finally find out who our killer is when he's walking down the stairs and he just steps right into shadow and it just cuts off the top of his head you know like all that stuff there was also that scene where uh william bendix gets pushed out of the window which i thought was fucking terrifying it looked real (laughs) like i was like if somebody saw that back in the day That'd have been amazing. And then it was followed up by a pretty cool chase scene, like a car chase scene. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like this is where the budget went. Right, right. And the car chase scene did something that I love in movies that you see once in a while. Drive did this. The Dark Knight pulled, uh, move? 
Right, he, the camouflage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's a classic, you know, trope, but I, I love it. It felt like all when all the taxis were going in, I felt like the same thing with all the school buses coming out of the bank in the dark night, oh, right. and they get they get like wrapped up with all the. Yeah, it was really well done. It pops up once in a while. I love the dark corner. I mean, it's not only the most noir because the word dark is in the title, but it, <laughs> I, half the movie is like plunged in like darkness. Like most yeah. of the scenes mm-hmm. are like. There's that one where William Bendix like beats up the two guys in the apartment. I mean, that is like just like you can barely you can't really see. You just see like bodies moving very like dimly lit rooms, shadowy fights. Um, Also, really good dialogue, too. Like framed Mm -hmm. easier than Whistler's mother was a really good line. (laughs) Um, um, The L, the L, like it's demolished now. Parts of it are the high line. But like the elevated subway line in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. All over, you hear it. It's in the background of windows. They're under it. it it's almost is... the it's almost the score of the film. Uh, that yes. cityscape. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and another thing I found kind of like looking into the background of this, and I actually thought this. I was like, it's almost so basic noir, and that it's like a PI framed with a secretary that kind of loves him, that's helping him, and that's Maltese right. Falcon. That's like so many noirs follow that template that it's almost. Um, one source said meta. I don't know about that. If that's a bit too generous to its yeah. intentions, but it does follow like such a basic template of and the the under the villain that kills his own henchman. I mean, come on, that's yeah. like, so dirty, you know. Well, and 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 that part in particular, I was like, okay, they're finally gonna find a way to, to pin it on the on the real bad guy here, and he's like, nope, uh, he takes care of that one real quick. Yeah, shove him out the window. <laughs> and it's scream. Yeah, it's almost like a Wilhelm. <laughs> it was an odd scream, and I yeah. also thought it because at the time, I, it's so funny you say that, Brian. I was like, man, that must have freaked audiences out because it I does know. seem uh, like it's sincere. <laughs> yeah. And and you see his face the whole time. You know, he's kind of looking at the right. camera as he's you know disappearing into this distance. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the. Um... Oh God! What was it called? Uh, the, the Hitchcock movie, uh, a Saboteur. Oh, I was just about to say yeah. that the Statue of Liberty scene. That fall looks so or, real. Or like, or or a little bit of the uh, Don Siegel one. What's it called? The the lineup where he uh, you know throws yes. that guy off the building. You know the, the wheelchair. The yeah. guy. He, yeah, yeah. In the indoor, the 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 pool in San Although Francisco. Although that, that one was a little more vicious. But yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> San both Francisco of those noir. Are, there we go. Both of those are great. Yes, that's a great San Francisco noir. The saboteur one. That guy died last year. He the the, yeah, the sort Lloyd, of weird um, looking Norman Lloyd. I think Norman Lloyd. Was. Yeah. He had a, a thing at the Oscars actually. A little like. Um, and I was like, the oh, saboteur. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They didn't have Bob Saget, which I thought was weird. But um, huh. yeah, he. Uh, Holy they, shit! I didn't even realize that. Happens oh, every sorry. year. There's always like yeah. one. There's always like one person that they, you know, that they get controversy for. But it was bound to happen. Nobody knew who Bob Saget was, though. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. Obscure comedian. Yeah. yeah it's legend. <laughs> Those falls. It's very impressive how they did it. Uh, it's so funny though, because the Vertigo one looks so unconvincing i still love vertigo but like but mm-hmm. like the like it's funny the black and white ones the staged falls i don't i don't maybe it is because i think it's because the separation between however they do like whatever it was called back then but a composite of you know your plate and your your subject and everything there's something that you don't see any color tonal shifts or anything between the mm-hmm. two so you oh, kind of feel like point. they're in the same plane but when it starts going into color there's always going to be something that's off and you can almost see an edge to them that looks like it's Almost yeah, a sticker the, on top the, of a. The on blacks top of a, aren't, aren't quite as deep or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right, right. It just no, doesn't mesh shadows. well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. I, I thought this one was awesome. <laughs> this yeah. one felt. I, when I watched it, I kind of like jumped back because it's just his face <laughs> creeped me out. <laughs> Getting a little goosebumps here. Bendix, man, he's fantastic. He's come up in he's some. Awesome. Yeah, has he come up before? I mean, he's I, been yeah, in some I'm, of our um, other shows. Yeah. And, and cover up. He was the sheriff. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's excellent. He's got the the face, the jaw, the nose, the the whole <laughs> presence on screen for this this type of film. Brass knucks ain't legal. <laughs> Make nice brass knuckles, don't they? Brass knucks ain't legal. I just carry my change the hard way. Uh, there's a line that's cited. Brass there's like, it's Someone says, there goes my last lead. I'm all dead inside. I'm backed yeah. up in a corner and I don't know who's hitting me. And it's like, that has been cited as like, that's just film noir. That's yeah. just like the definition. <laughs> that was Brad saying that, right? P.I. Brad? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 
what what a I, I felt like that journey with him was was so uneasy and stressful um, from the very beginning, and then all of a sudden when that frame happens, it's just that whole time trying to clear his name. I I was very much on board with that adventure, but also stressing out for him uh, at every turn. <laughs> Yeah. It just sure. seemed like he could never get ahead of it, you know, and, you know, finally he does, obviously. And then, of course, he gets married to Lucille Ball at the end, um, totally, uh, totally from her. She doesn't even wait for him to ask. Yeah. She just says, "Now nah, we're going to go to the courthouse right now. We'll see you. We'll see you at noon. Yeah. <laughs> so Such many cool ending. have that. If it's not the button of like, if it's not the button of like the lead protagonist going off with his love, either to get married or having just been married, it's like a side character giving like a one liner, like. Well, there goes the neighborhood or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like That's kind of what this was, yeah. Classic button, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I, 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 did you guys notice uh, at one point there was they went to some fancy party? Uh, it was like a night, kind of a nightclub. Oh, no, no, no. No, it was a, it was a private party, right? Because it was for the... Uh, it was the, for the... The, the art um, gallery or the... Art gallery owner. But like the camera sort of starts off on someone like, you know, playing the bongos. And it was like, is this Babaloo? <laughs> Did we get Desi in here? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny. A lot of these films, particularly this one and the next one, have to do with like high art and sophisticated culture and like mm. classical modes of art, whether it's opera and the later one, but or like the art world in this one. And this one's so funny because Clifton Webb, um, who was uh, a queer in real life? Um, Laura made him famous as like you know. Oh the, right! The, I was like, I yeah. Why do I know this guy from? <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. but see, it's the same deal because Laura, he's also obsessed with this painting. There's like the art world coming into it, so it's mm. like almost kind of a remix of Laura. This movie because it brings Clifton Webb back in. I mean, it has the same kind of ending. He's like shot, and he's like revealed to be you know an antagonist. <laughs> um, he's playing the same character in a lot of ways, and not as good of a script as Laura. Uh, and the art world again. So there's like a weird parallel echo to that recent yeah, hit. Wow. And it feels like he was, you know, that becomes, you know, he was just doing the thing that he was recognized for, you know? Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up something about the art, um, the way that Bradford, uh, the PI, gets into like the, um, I guess the antagonist's lair, if you will, the art dealer, um, is he says he's going to buy the, I, I think it was a Donatello. Uh, statue. Uh, yeah. yes. he's like, Why and he's wrap like, that one up for me. This is yeah, wrap that up. Uh, this is going to be forty thousand dollars. He goes. I'm trying to think what forty thousand dollars first is in this time frame. Probably you know yeah. maybe four hundred and fifty thousand or something like that. Yeah. Maybe less, but I don't know. I don't know how that works inflation wise. But he's like, I know it's not much of a purchase, uh, but maybe we could still get a private uh, meeting with your boss there about it. And it was like, <laughs> 40000 seems like quite a bit of money. Um, but also looking at a Donatello, probably not at this point. <laughs> I don't know. Not sure how inflation is. you can just is. throw in the pedestal for me, too. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, but it's just one of our basic ones. He's like, I need to, I need to have it, you know. <laughs> I had to look it up. I had to look it up. And I'm not saying, like, the first thing on Google is always the right thing. But apparently it's 500 <laughs> Five hundred eighty-one thousand nine hundred eighty-one dollars. Okay, so you were too close. far off. Yeah, yeah. just under six hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But still, that seems like quite a steal for a Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Those are like priceless. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There is some beautiful uh, statue. The way that like names are thrown around without really, I think like in one of the later ones, like Baudelaire, the poet is quoted, but it's not his poem, and, and just like, and then this is very conscious. There's a Woody Allen film where Hugh Grant at one point is talking to someone who doesn't know much about the art world, and she's like... We have one or two paintings, but I haven't really gotten around to uh, uh, building a collection yet. So what's your... What are you interested in, what's your... Mm, uh, Rembrandt, uh, Picasso, Michelangelo. <laughs> you know, the boys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I might be out of Michelangelo's just at the moment. Oh. <laughs> and that's, like, very knowing, right? But it's funny to see it accidental. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I doubt he'd be having a uh, Donatello classically sort of for sale in his New York mansion. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it wasn't the Donatello. It was just a Donatello. Oh, that's a good point. It could have been the Ninja Turtle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Ninja Turtle did it. Yeah. This was, I didn't realize this was remade by Francois Truffaut as oh, Confidentially really? Yours in 1983, and it was his last film. Um, wow. I, 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 I was, forget that. Yeah, Truffaut died kind of, prematurely and like in you know right after close encounters he like made a couple more movies and then uh croaked wow i didn't know he died right after because he seemed pretty young in uh close encounters at least not I old know. enough to die in my opinion 
that's always like the sad thing about him is that like you know Godard is still alive and so many of these guys like lived on uh, mm-hmm. but yeah he kind of died fairly young for being so yeah but his final film was a remake of this one which I found like just something I just did not know at all wow I need to check that out yeah I mean I loved this film I, I, it was it, this was great. Yeah. The Dark Corner and Lured were, were by far my favorites of this trio. Um, I thought they were both hand in hand very good and in their own ways. Very pulpy. Yeah. And I I, I really like this one. Um, there's so, so much like great stuff in it. I, I, it's it's really fun. It's like uh, a lot of great one liners. I mean, the, the mystery's great. The setup's great. Um, I, I feel like the sort of payoff or whatever, like, like him solving the mystery needed another draft like he, he kind of uh stepped on yeah. the old jump to conclusions matt there yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a matt with different conclusions yeah. that you can jump to that is the worst idea i've ever heard in my life tom yes yes it's horrible <laughs> you hear about the guy that invented the pet rock <laughs> he made a million dollars uh but uh you know and then and i also think like uh, and, and as much as I enjoyed the the sort of Bradford, uh, Mark Stevens character, uh, I, I feel like, you know, it has that thing where it's like some B picture film noirs, like, unfortunately have this where it's like the, the lead just isn't quite as strong as you'd want them to be. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. carrying, uh, some of those lines and making them as convincing as possible. Um, you know, and, and that, and some, some of the pacing in this, you have to kind of really, uh, stick with it but i you know i i really ended up enjoying this one i mean just like uh watching a batman movie i'm more about the villains and i thought uh clifton webb was was an excellent yeah. villain in this yeah. uh very sophisticated great. just cold as fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you're you're right about so uh, there were so many of these made that so often they'd be like oh that guy yeah sure why not let's get <laughs> and their one starring role will often be like the noir you're watching them play yeah. a very it, it's kind of not fair because I, mean, I mean who knows who these how these actors would have been on their own merit but like it, it would often be you're right it is like a guy being given a shot to like test him out it's often to see like can we make him a star so uh-huh. like he's given like a shitty b pulp noir which i love but at the time they were just they're making so many of them it, it wasn't that much of a liability for them to like test you know, one of their yeah. stock players out or someone who had been doing something different. And that's why so often that is their one starring role. I mean, it happens sometimes in Westerns too, but it's very, very frequently it's like, that's it. And if it didn't hit or if it wasn't yeah. a hit or, you know, if they didn't have something else cooking, that's their one. Yeah. It, it, also with at female leads, it happens a lot of femme fatales at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least they get kind of like more of a, you know, if you're just like the square jaw detective who doesn't have like anything interesting, it's kind of like, you know, you don't even get to be quote unquote bad on screen or like steal the audience's attention. You do get top billing, but you know, who, you're just a set piece. You mean you're just kind of kind of and a lot of these guys, you know, you do. I mean, like the classic example people reference is uh, George Raft as like, very, I mean, I like George uh-huh. Raft. Uh, I also think he's had an interesting career in terms of like he pops up later in like, uh, what is it? Uh, Some Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But he's so wooden. And he's like, just kind of like, always mm-hmm. just, just the same expression and uh-huh. just steady on and <laughs> just nothing that special. And who is it? Uh, Dana Andrews. Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. in some uh, interview was just like just talking about like, yeah, Dana Andrews is just there to be like the, the white guy that they found to just like be in front of the camera. Like, does not like him. I actually, I, I don't I, mind Dana Andrews. I, I, I never yeah, thought yeah, of him. I disagree. I, I really like him and. A lot of stuff. I mean, Laura, you just brought up, and then um, best years of our lives. Uh, no, he's yeah, yeah, he's 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 good. It's just it's interesting. There are so many this that what you are talking about, Jeremy, happens all mm-hmm. the time. It's like yeah. they get they, they get someone to sleepwalk through the role that's been a supporting yeah, character, yeah. and then they're never given another shot. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you brought up the film femme fatale thing real quick. Um, it, it's interesting. I I thought um, at the very beginning of this movie, I thought that that was sort of where the Lucy character was going to end up. Uh, being was like being more of a femme fatale in this one but um you know it it sort of uh subverted my expectations on that one where it's like no she actually is this ally for our our lead character i mean um, she pretty much helped him solve the case right, right i mean right. She, if if i think she did a little bit more work than he did as a pi <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. i mean it, it it's it's almost similar in that sense her character is very similar to the one she plays in the next yes. movie yes yeah where she's kind of like 
the, the sort of catalyst she's solving for, for the solving zodiac the killing yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that that actually happens in a couple other noirs as well where they're like well the only way to solve this is to put the protagonist's love interest yeah. in dangerous peril like make a baited bait. situation a bait yeah, yeah exactly yeah the, yeah there's a couple there's a peter laurie um stranger on the third floor does that to like oh, vindicate yeah. the main guy his girlfriend is like the new target that almost gets killed by Peter Lorre. And then there's the Steve Gutenberg neo-noir, which sounds very odd to say. Yes, uh, yeah, that was the craziest on. thing you've ever said, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's one from the 80s, like the, the woman in which the window. Which police academy was that? <laughs> Mahoney? <laughs> Detective Mahoney? Police academy, city streets. <laughs> um, it's the same deal where like they end up using a... A lo- young love interest uh, to sort of bait the killer. Um, uh, that's driving. That's gonna drive me crazy. The bedroom window. That is a mm. great, great movie. But it's a Steve Gutenberg and Isabel Huppert as a love. Just take that for what it's worth. Very yeah. odd. And then Elizabeth <laughs> McGovern is the one that they put in uh, in in Risk. Uh, 1987. Uh, if you if you're from Baltimore, it's a good Baltimore movie. A lot of Baltimore scenes. But, Baltimore uh, yeah. noir. Baltimore noir, yeah, <laughs> Baltimore? thick genre. Baltimore, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, tangent, but they do that a lot. They put the woman in as bait. That's like a or the the female, the the, the love interest of the protagonist mm-hmm. is very frequently used in these sorts of situations, and it's so fucked up. It's yeah. like the cops are like, well, <laughs> she can die, but I, you know, it's it's ridiculous. So today I've learned that Lucy's hair was not really red, and that Steve Gutenberg was in something other than Police Academy or Short Circuit. <laughs> this is this is amazing. We Good show, it. guys. Good show. Yeah. Uh, it's like the stonecutters from Simpsons. Who makes yeah. Steve Gutenberg a star? <laughs> we do. Who holds back the electric car? Who makes Steve Gutenberg a star? We do. We do. Um, well, speaking of uh, the police academy, we've got an American police chief. In London, or whatever this is. What, what city? We're in London, right? In, yeah, in London. London. Yeah. Yep. London, jolly old. But like, I guess uh, Charles Coburn or whatever. I mean, it's like, he wasn't even pretending to be English. British, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huge Shakespearean actor and uh, Southern boy, Georgia. He was uh-huh. like uh, known for his Shakespeare performances, apparently, which I find, that that's a, I love when like very Southern actors, like stage actors, become like dyed in the wool Shakespeare actors. It happens yeah. a lot. And apparently, yeah, and he's like a really good example of that. Interesting. And and how um how much were you confusing the George Saunders character for his role in uh, All About Eve? I you mean know, it's, it's like, kind of the same. <laughs> was he I playing mean, the same know. guy or what? <laughs> he he is an interesting dude. You you know he killed himself, right? Oh no. And he mentioned being bored in his suicide note. So like <laughs> Like, it's thought that he, like, bored killed himself death, from, huh? like, wow. literally, bored to death. Yeah, wow. he just didn't want to be alive anymore. Very interesting, huh. interesting guy. That's yeah, a new one for me, I guess. So, we, we this one doesn't really fall into film noir, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what we were, we were saying, or, or does it? I mean, just based on a few factors, but what what, what do you guys think about that? Because this is more of a, a serial killer type film, like mm-hmm. a more of a detective procedural, in a way. It feels like it borders it. It's definitely not Dark Corner. Um, right. No. It's, but it's definitely a Douglas Sirk film. It is so stylish and yeah. so classy and obsessed with like marble countertops and chandeliers and like the bracelet with the white elephants. It's all very well <laughs> textured. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. a classic noir. It borders the, you know, the def- it's, a, it's a, I mean, smudge it- of a definition anyway, yeah. It, right, it right. touches on a lot of things that uh, film noir uh, obsesses with. Like, you know, for instance, I mean, even just this idea that like stories like The Big Sleep, in the popular imagination, there's this idea about, oh, well, well you know, someone with all this wealth or whatever, they, they don't need to get involved in anything uh, sorted. That, that's only for the ruffians and the like the, the, the underground or whatever. And there's this idea that like in, in the, both this and in Dark Corner, there's this... Um, interesting conspiracy around like someone who's really wealthy being involved in all these murders and um you know in, in that sense it sort of touches on and subverts some of the expectations uh, of movies at this time where, where you know those types of 
character traits are, are not usually put upon the very wealthy, mm. all, except in things like, like film noir. And, you know, that and the sort of lurid subject matter of lured, um, it's, uh, you know, feels... Uh, English language there. Yeah, yeah. hello. Feels very, um, very noir. I mean, th- most times I, th- I think when people think of film noir, they're thinking of um, things where it's like some sort of, you know, private investigator or, you know, insurance investigator or something. Right. But um, there's also a sort of subgenre of it with, with kind of a being a more police procedural. And I think this kind of falls, falls into some into of that. that. Yeah. Yeah. The scenes with Charles Coburn and the cops talking at Scotland Yard, it's, it, it's a bit of a, it was hard not to want to check my phone in those scenes to be quite frank. But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 I got through it. I watched it. But like, it's like whenever it goes like to Lucy or to like, uh, you know, when she's in danger. Yeah. Those are great. Uh, but or like in the park. Like her and Boris Karloff. Yeah. Boris Karloff playing Jeremy Irons. Yeah. The best oh, scene. Oh, nice. In the movie. Yeah. That's a really good shout that he does look like Jeremy. I love that scene with the yes. audience of it's the bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> it was like all of these, you know, red herrings and layers of like uh, mis- misdirection of who the killer could be. He might mm-hmm. be a killer. <laughs> like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say Boris Karloff has not yeah. killed a human in his life in this movie, yeah. but uh, he's not the killer that we're looking for, but um, definitely right. cool um, misdirection. Right. Charles Van Druten, Boris Karloff. <laughs> it, it reminded me of a hammer horror film called Fear in the Night with Peter Cushing, where um, he is a he's a headmaster who it's revealed in the film. Um, I, I don't want if you're going to see it, maybe skip ahead if, or if this is included. Uh, he, he, there's no students in the school. So you he, outside, you think it's like a bustling school. It's all tapes. It's like tapes of classes and tapes of children. He's been recording, but now everyone's gone. So he's like this headmaster wandering this empty school, hearing it from the speakers. And then it's also king of comedy, how he's like doing stand-up to uh-huh. nobody, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, th- there's something creepy, uns- yeah. very creepy about Boris Karloff opening up the curtain. It is just empty chairs and a bulldog. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I got a last man on earth uh, kind of vibe. From, more Omega Man, mm. to be honest, uh-huh. uh, in yeah. terms of yes. like those scenes. But... He definitely had that that odd. I don't even know what it was. Clearly, there was something just wrong with him in many ways, and he was a great, um, just featured character, I guess. But it was it was neat how they kind of just brought you out there, and then we got out of that real quick. And that was like again, it was similar to that other fella too, right? Wasn't another person in there selling girls into slavery? And like that was another yeah, the, one of the, the South American uh, ships yeah. that that was like yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so that's an interesting point. Like this movie almost feels like an anthology film. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's a good the, point. There are essentially like sort of three. That's probably why I like it so much. Yeah. Of uh, of um, <laughs> you know, two of them end up being red herrings, and then one sort of like a, like the, the person yeah, they're looking for. Totally. Um, but it's it's almost as if like some of them are disconnected. It's just like the the connective tissue in this case is the the Lucy uh, character Sandra Carpenter. It could have been a TV show, right? Those could have been yeah. individual yeah. episodes that <laughs> yeah, go in. Right. Like, oh, well, we didn't get him again, but we got yeah. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week. And, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I wrote down Zodiac, but the yes. sending the yeah. Scotland Seven Yard. Zodiac. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. I re- I realized that Zodiac famously him doing that echoed what Jack the Ripper did, which is the right. exact same thing of like sending those little mm-hmm. notes and then right, like the, the poet killer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. The cobblestones. The fact that it's in London. The the dingy like the back alleys. The 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 old lamp lights. I was thinking. Like, Love it. This is all Jack the Ripper remix in the beginning, and then with Boris Karloff, there's like a little bit of Universal horror. You know, it's really mm-hmm. playing on like uh, things that just it scare us. It's sort of all mashed together in a film that isn't incredibly scary, but just very bizarre. Also feels um, it feels like the most cult film of them. Like it feels mm-hmm. like there's a lot of pop culture, a lot of because of the contrast of like the down and dirtiness and the horror and the, you know. The grittiness, and then like the high, high scale class side of it. Society, it is. Yeah. Um, it does feel like it has like a bit of a cult. Uh, I don't know. There's not much like this. There's a noir called Hangover Square that this reminded me of. That I think mm-hmm. is a, a better movie, but it also has like a Bernard Herrmann score. It sounds like Vertigo. He's like testing out what he did in Vertigo in yeah. Hangover Square. <laughs> it's, it's uh, if, so if you liked, if you liked Lured, see Hangover Square. But isn't it weird seeing Lucille Ball and Karloff in a scene together? Wasn't that strange? Very strange. <laughs> but awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like seeing Carol Burnett and Bella Lugosi. I wrote down. Like that's just it's just yeah. Well, I I guess real quick on on the on that note, like it's um, it was so interesting in basically all three of these films, like kind of seeing her acting range because you know we're all familiar with Lucille Ball as the character Lucy Ricardo and like the like and all you know her her sort of you know physical comedy and all these other things. Um, but in, in these ones, like, you know, she's a very effective lead in, in all mm. three of these. Um, very much so. And, and very convincing in all, in all these moments. But, like, it's like, you know, while I think the TV show, it, you know, expresses, like, something that she does, like, extremely, extremely well. Like, what, what's wild is, like, how broad her range actually was. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. I, I, I believed... Um, every moment she was in, I believed all of her deliveries, and I thought that she upstaged every other, I guess, main actor or main character in yeah. this in these movies. You know, especially mm-hmm. in Lured, um, Dark Corner, especially as well. But Lured, I thought she had, you know, she had those scenes that were just solo monologue, not monologues, they were dialogues, but it was just her on screen on the phone, you know, calling mm-hmm. in, giving all the information that she got. You know, I've got this guy, I've got this guy. I thought she was like the best part of these movies. I completely no, agree. She she pops from the screen. She really pops from the screen. Um, and her and George Saunders in this uh, are fantastic rapport. Uh, there's a scene where they're on the phone together. Now, carry on, my dear. Talk to me. Look here. Is it customary for Mr. Fleming's secretary to pass judgment for his boss? Mr. Fleming never makes a move without me. In fact, he very frequently has me take his young ladies out to dinner in order to talk things over. Thanks. I'll go hungry. You're an American, aren't you? So? Mr. Fleming is quite partial to American girls. They have an irresistible way of putting a man on the defensive. Uh, would it be against Mr. Fleming's Anglo-American policy to tell a girl when the next audition is, please? Uh, tomorrow night at nine. Can you make it? I think so. I guarantee that you'll see Mr. Fleming personally. Now, are you happy? I'm very happy. Then why don't you smile? All right, I'm smiling. Any more instructions? And I just remember thinking, like, oh, they're they're kind of equals. Like, they're very sharp. Um, yeah, or, or or the scene where like she meets him at at his club or whatever. Well, Mr. Secretary, it must have been persistence that got you where you are today. I wanted you to see what you'd missed by snubbing me. A drink would improve me no end if you'd drink it. Well, if a drink could do that, more power to it. Excuse me, uh, Pierre. Yes, Mr. Fleming. Is anything wrong? My IQ. It must have been flying at half mast. Mr. Fleming's secretary, huh? No, it wasn't my idea. You started it. Oh, did I? Well, I must admit, I rather enjoyed the job while it lasted. Did you? Except there was no future to it. That's why I gave it up. Those X-ray eyes of yours don't miss a trick, do they? Not when it concerns me. How could it in this case? It occurred to you that I might be the one you were waiting for. Yes, as a matter of fact, it has. And they're, like, getting martinis or whatever, and they, like she's like, oh, hey, make him play that song again. And, you know, but before that, it's like, you know, she still has the upper hand on him the whole time. And then she bails while he's gone. So it's like, you know, there's all these moments where um, she's playing a, a very strong character. I mean, obviously in Big Street, she's, <laughs> she's uh, you know, ball breaking the entire time and, you know, gives no fucks for anybody. Yeah. Uh, and even in Dark Corner, it's like, um, which was closer to you know what you, one would expect for a female role at that time uh you know she wasn't quite as uh i guess subservient as uh as as, as one would expect she was snappy time. in this one yeah. yeah yeah i i liked her in this one uh there, there's also just like one piece of dialogue i wrote down it's like someone's doing a crossword he's looking for a five letter word for an excavator uh, yeah and then someone else says she doesn't want to hear uh schubert and b minor and then it reminds him, oh, the word he's looking for is minor. Minor, like, yeah. yeah. That, just very clever. Doesn't like, that almost, pop up a couple times? The, oh, yeah. There was a running gag with that. Yeah, yeah. The, the crossword pun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed this one. What's a six-letter word meaning ancient tyrant? I don't know, but I have something I should tell. The chief? Mm-hmm. Then get going, lass. Will you watch Caesar for me? The things I do for the force... Caesar. Caesar, that's it. It's I I just gotta say, uh, there's something, you know, Douglas Sirk. He brings uh light bounces off hair. Uh it is gorgeously shot. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. only seen a couple of his films. Um 
the the only black and white film of his I've seen is Tarnished Angels, his like uh, pilot film. But uh, yeah, I, I All That Heaven Allows, Magnificent Obsession, uh, mm-hmm. Imitation of Life. I love his films, and uh, it was a real treat seeing that sort of like very gentle, uh, beautiful framing. Seeing that touch here uh, was a surprise. I've never really seen him work in like a noir trapping before even if this i is think this is the noir. first circle film we've had on the show and if it's not i apologize for forgetting the you know 80 plus films we've watched for the show so far <laughs> there's that todd haynes movie uh which i actually have never ever seen i've never seen far from heaven um but like with julianne moore and but that mm-hmm. is apparently todd haynes doing a riff uh right. on douglas Sirk. and that was when i first heard about that movie coming out it was like oh he's referencing who who is this director and then i went back and yeah, he's a great. Uh, the one I have yet to see is Written on the Wind. That's supposed to be one of his more... That's leaving Criterion this month, so I need to watch that. Like, all that heaven allows, like, mag- Magnificent Obsession specifically, or, like, if you're looking for, like, what Cirque is really defined as, those are really good examples. Just, like, drenched in color, uh, people, conf- like, confined in gender roles, trapped in melancholy mm-hmm. suburbia, uh, toward love affairs, uh, weird, like, sweeping violin scores. Uh, beautiful, beautiful films. Um I, I thank you guys so much for introducing me to Lurd because I think yeah. that this is like Dark Corner is great. Uh, I'm gonna you know back pocket that as they say you know as like a noir fan. Uh, <laughs> the Big Street. I just want to point out Warhol called it the sickest film ever made. Uh, Andy Warhol had a, has a quote about the, the Big Street, the sickest film ever made, and I can see what he means with the wheelchair stuff and the mm-hmm. you know, yeah falling over gross. her. Yeah, it, it's so it's kind of a gross movie, but this one I'm like. If you want to see like a good Lucille Ball movie, I think Lurd is the one I'm going to recommend. I, I, Dark Corner is great, but like there's just so much going on here, and it's you mean uh, from her performance mostly, or or for the movie performance itself? that it's like a Douglas Sirk film that it's like that it reminds me of like Hangover Square, another noir I like like a lot. I, I like high society noir once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there, there's just so much going on here, and again texturally, um, yeah, beautiful film. Really, really love this film. So many creepy men. So many red herrings. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's yeah. great because right at the beginning, like, there's this uh, thing where Lucy is working at a, a place where it's like, you know, men come in to, uh, to a club, like, pay the owner to get one of the women up in this little, uh, uh, like, balcony or whatever to dance with them or whatever. And it's a strip club, right? I mean, like uh, by current kind of. by current standards. I mean, kind of. Yeah, it, it's the like, format yeah. of it, or it's yeah. um. There might have been speed. What dating. are those things called? Like, or uh, or the girlfriend experiences, like in Korea, like or or Japan. Yeah. yeah what, what's that? What's that called? Where it's like the the bar girl. Um, ah, jeez. Um, it, it it's that thing where it's like you know you uh, you pay for a fifteen minutes of companionship or whatever. And like, right. You yeah. know. Um, that also, like, right in that scene, there was this line about it, like, um, essentially, uh, they they talk about, like, how the crowd is, like, is undead or, or, or like, walking on their feet. And they're like, oh, is this, is this is tonight zombie night or something like that? Come on, take a turn, beautiful. What is it tonight, a sweepstake for zombies? I hope you two will be very happy. And, like, uh, there's this idea about, like, what zombies used to be. You know, this is calls back to one of our early episodes. But, like, in 1947, zombies aren't what we think of them today, where it's like they're sort of, you know, rotting, brain-eating, uh, you know, monsters. Then it was just, it was more so, like, uh, people without Voodoo any personality and, and oh, uh, right. you know, or, or kind of, like, you know, puppeteered and... Yeah. And, uh, and, automatons. Yeah, exactly, automatons. Which I thought was hilarious, because, like, in, in that moment, it was like, you know, they were talking about how the, the crowd wasn't very lively or whatever, and... Oh, uh, right. yeah. Because... Lucy's friend got lured by something else. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of luring in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the lurid subject matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling given censorship. Lured, lured. I, I, I'd imagine that they, it's implied that they, and also given the Jack the Ripper connections. I, right. Like, I think it's a gentleman's club where if they do want to go home with you, you can pay them. I think these are sex workers in a way. Yeah. But it's very lightly hinted yes. at, almost to the point of like not just outright saying it. I don't think it's yeah. a brothel. I think it's like a gentleman's club combo. But the, like but the female dating. could make the decision to make a deal with their gentleman suitor whether or not that they want to continue the evening. That's, right, right. Maybe that's a really nice know. way to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know a good way, like modern equivalent, but it's, you know, this definitely tracks with. That's, what, that's where I got strip club from, um, mm-hmm. just because that's, 
kind of what happens, right? You get a dance from a girl, and then that's true. The discussion yeah. continues. Yeah, um, it, it's a different kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, this one it's like I don't know what <laughs> it's more of a, uh, a a ballroom soiree or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like, like because maybe the the censorship at that time they, they they weren't able to sort of talk about what what they were doing there. And you know, th- there's a lot of like darkness in that movie that lured, where it's like, you know, you t- you think about. Uh, what was supposed to be happening on that uh, that South American ship or whatever? Where like, yes, you know, it's you know mm. uh, the, with the trafficked people being sold as sex slaves in South America, and like mm. uh, how Lucy came over with with some show. She was like a dancer or something in in the in the movie, and like then she gets there, the show collapses, and she needs to like you know this is wor- her new the, yeah. uh, strip club or whatever for money. How she uh, makes basically. ends meet, yeah, <laughs> so, right, right. You know. Yeah, bodies are thrown into the river, weighed down with stones. Yeah, um, that's like a very, very uh, dark detail in this uh, film that is otherwise pretty, you know, fairly white gloved. Yeah. yeah, I would, de- I would definitely like to point out how terrifying that type of murder actually would be for the victim. You're, you're completely helpless and drowning. Like that's that's when you're completely aware that you're dying. Like that's that to me is very dark and very sinister yeah. when it comes to describing a serial killer or creating like a really ma- um vicious villain right uh, yeah weighed down in a sack and, and definitely not as fast as uh as william bendix's uh right death in dark corner you know it's like it, it's, Q, it's a Q slow... wilhelm scream ah! yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right right or or clifton webb's death uh when he's shot because you know as we learned from star wars you know she had the upper ground it's over anakin i have the high ground <laughs> she's Remember the, 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 the widow, the widow, the widow is on the staircase. Right. So you know, classic, uh, you know, uh, Ben Kenobi. And she moment, you know? riddles him with bullets. That that gun was emptied out on this guy. Right. She was pissed. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And she was pissed because she found out that he killed her, her lover. Right. That that's what it was. Yeah. 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 Well, comeuppance. That one got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this one had an interesting uh, art designer i think because they go to like a party where there's like a the art director nikolai remisov so this guy's like a famous artist he designed the sets for lord that's why they, oh, when wow. they go there's like that weird tree there's like it's almost like an avant-garde uh strange art party dinner gala that they go to mm-hmm. uh very interesting design in this film and uh, yeah this guy nikolai remisov is uh quite renowned has his own wikipedia page um yeah russian artist of note um in like museums yeah worked on this film wow that's why it looks different i mean and yeah. also douglas sirk i mean it, it, it has a much more it's not you know <laughs> alleys of downtown la you know it's, yeah <laughs> yeah right great film uh really i think this one again I, I this is the one i'm going to be recommending to people as yeah lucille ball did this and actually i think it was her 73rd not 72nd so sorry about that <laughs> but, um, you're, you're oh wow she, yeah. how lazy is she <laughs> <laughs> Lots of uncredited films, yeah. Like, Alex, you said that um, <laughs> you might have started off watching one of an incorrect film, I guess, for at least this show. But it was uh, you said you saw an extra film. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that too, and maybe give briefly. some ideas for other uh, movies. I would love to, and also it made me ask: uh, have you, How much have you guys dived into Precode? Uh, only a little bit. I I think um, it would be really cool to check some of those out. I I did get a couple in anticipation of doing a. A pre-code block, but but go ahead, man. I so this is my new kick. Uh, I saw yeah. Babyface last November at the New Bev, mm-hmm. uh, followed by Night Nurse. Babyface, Barbara Stanwyck is it's like King Kong. It's going to be watchable forever, wow. and it is so yeah. quotable and ba- Babyface, Babyface. Please see Babyface. It is so good, and it's 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 so feminist and ahead of its time. I was there. There were like girls that are so young, like sixteen, seventeen, in the crowd screaming cheering on barbara stanwick <laughs> talking about how she's like gonna sleep with men to get to the top uh uh-huh. and how like you, you how ruthless you have to be and john wayne is also like a secretary that has his heart broken by her in a very free <laughs> cowboy role dude Babyface is great and uh, night uh-huh. nurse is good too that has like clark gable as like a villain poisoning children pre-code film dude like these movies have cocaine and queer coding uh so the one i watched accidentally because i looked up advanced imdb search you know film noir lucille ball um blood money so this movie i loved blood money um it's (laughs) 65 minutes in and out uh there is a great like a a woman in a suit who has like a line she like sniffs a cigar and she's like you big sissy clearly a queer character 
Right. Um, <laughs> there is a, uh, a uh, an ending where there's like an eight ball. There's like a pool game and an eight ball that's a oh, bomb. I, okay. and I thought you were talking about, about something else. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, there's the cocaine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the pre-code. Very, yeah. hey, like, <laughs> valid. It could, it could have been. Very valid. It could have been, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a moment where he's about to shoot an eight ball with a bomb inside of it. And it keeps like <laughs> cutting between him about to shoot, like play pool, and then like talking, stretch intense dialogue, and oh, then a okay. car rushing to stop him. A woman trying to like, cool intercutting, yeah, intercutting, intercutting, and then suddenly you do hear a crash, like a bang, but it's her outside, not the bomb going <laughs> off. And I'm like, that the artist stole that. That is like the big thing of the artist. Oh, he put, yeah. oh, wow. Remember that bang, and it cuts to her hitting the tree, like. This, I, I stood up from my seat. I'm like, this fucking pre-code film. The artist stole from this fucking no one talks about blood money. Uh, there's a scene at a racetrack and Lucille Ball is like a gangster girlfriend for like fucking three frames. Like yeah. Barely, barely in the film. Um, yeah, you're, you're, like, you're texting us a screenshot or something. You're like, is that her? Is this the way we, what we're talking about? <laughs> exactly. There's like a luau scene where a woman dances with another woman. It's just, that would not be happening in 1934. 1935, mm-hmm. maybe some films made prior, but they'd be heavily mm-hmm. edited. Just gone. Nothing. Right. Movies stopped looking like this. Um, it, it loved it. Loved Blood Money. If you If you really want to go down the... Lucille Ball, Lucille Ball rabbit hole of her film work. Yeah, yeah this is a this is and when that, I came and that was what like 33, 32, something Yes, nineteen thirty three. Yeah, mm-hmm. thirty three. Uh, Francis D stars. She later became Joel McRae's wife. He did all those great Preston Sturges movies. Yeah, um, yeah, really interesting cast. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Um, yeah, so I accidentally watched the fourth film for this yeah. episode. No, we <laughs> we appreciate you putting in the extra effort. Yeah. Hey, man, for sure. Happy to. And again, guys, these three, so happy to discover them, especially Dark Corner and Lurd. Um, yeah. yeah, really honored to be asked back and, uh, you know, uh, happy to discover some new films, you know? For sure. Alex, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us again. Um, would you mind reminding our audience where they can follow you? Absolutely. I am on uh, Instagram as only film noir. Um, I am so happy to be back there guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and yeah, I'll, when these episodes roll out, I'll probably do like a anticipatory post about one of them and then oh, I'll do cool. the other two, uh, with the episode live. So, Excellent. Um, um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me back. Always a pleasure, uh, chatting with you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed this slate. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming back. Uh, next time we're going to be uh, doing our Midnight Movie, which is a solo film. We're going to be talking about Straight Time from 1978. And, and why Straight Time, Jeremy? Well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun, I guess we're, we're kind of staying in an in a almost neo-noir type crime uh, you know, uh, world. But, you know, it, it definitely has a, a little Midnight Movie type, uh, type feel to it. Um, and I think this movie was pretty influential to a lot of stuff. Um, Maybe we should save some of that to, to when we get into it, but um, there, there's a lot of early work from some people, including Michael Mann. Um, you know, it's based on the the Eddie Bunker, uh, you know, sort of Romana Clef, uh, like the sort of like sort of true story of, of his, uh, you know, prison release. Uh, and it's about a, a guy who gets out of jail and, and is uh, having trouble adjusting to society when he gets back. So. Adjusting to the straight time as yeah. opposed to the hard time. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a guy doing straight time now. Got he, it. He's he's done doing hard time, and now he's doing straight time. Interesting. <laughs> that should be a fun one. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on all the podcasts and social platforms at the Grindhouse Institute. And if you really want to give us a boost, check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It helps us to get noticed. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back next week. Ciao. Come here, Droopy. I owe you a break. What do they call you? Little Pinks. Little Pinks? That's not a name. That's a toothbrush. Well, my name is really Pinkerton, but I got a brother that's shorter than I am, so they call him Big Pinks. And I'm taller than he is, so they call me Little Pinks. Used to be sort of a family joke. You see, when we were kids, we... That did it. Just because I got your job, you don't have to talk me to death. <laughs>